Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number three of the Hair of the Dog podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the myth of organic marketing and how if you're waiting for that organic marketing to kick in, you are doing a major disservice to your business. I can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hi, everybody. Nicole Begley here from Hair of the Dog, and I am so excited to be back for another episode with you to talk about organic marketing today. Now, before we dive in, I just want to clarify because I realized that on episode one, I might have misspoke on when you can expect future episodes. You see, (laughs) as with most things, you start with an idea of how it should look and then you realize, oh, wait, there might be a little bit of a better way to do that. So you pivot a little bit. So in my research, I was looking for best practices for launching podcasts and all sorts of rabbit holes that I dove into getting ready for this. And apparently, uh, launching your podcast with two to three episodes when you start is a best practice. So we're keeping the launch date, March 3rd, and we are going to be releasing three episodes. Number one, number two, and this is number three. So I believe in episode one, I might have said that the ongoing episodes are going to be released on Thursday. That's incorrect. It's now Tuesday. (laughs) But anyway, regardless of when it's released, um, you can expect one new episode a week. And I just can't wait to bring all of this pet photography conversation right to your earbuds on your favorite podcast player. So what can you expect from the rest of these shows? Well, I feel like these first three are giving you a good, a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sampling of what you can expect. I'm going to be talking about all things pet photography related. We're going to be talking about the mechanics of running a pet photography business. We'll be talking about the art of pet photography um, as much as we can. Don't forget, if you want to learn things like editing, doesn't really lend itself very well to an an audio medium of a podcast. So check out the Hair of the Dog Academy YouTube channel for lots of great editing tutorials if you want to brush up on that kind of stuff. But anyway, back to what you can expect here. We are going to have lots of, yeah, lots of those mechanics of the pet photography business. We're going to be talking with people that are still building their business. We're going to be talking to people that have built their business and are already running successful businesses And we're going to be touching on some other things that are needed to just really bring out the best in anything that you're doing, including our businesses, which is diving into some of the beliefs that we hold for ourselves and things that we have just, you know, taken for whatever it's happened and we've assigned meaning and we say, oh, nope, this is how it is now, which is always just perception and our perspective. So my hope here is that I start to open up some different perspectives and perceptions for you. And today, that perspective that we're going to be talking about is marketing. It's uh, one of everybody's favorite topics to be talking about. After people learn how to take the photographs that they want to be taking, the next biggest question is, oh my gosh, where do I find my clients? 
And I know this can be stressful when you're first starting out and you have no idea and it seems so complicated, but it's really not. It really all boils down to two things. We want to get more leads into our business so that we can show our offer to more people and therefore more people are going to purchase. That's really all it is. We just need to get more eyes on our work and our offers, which can be really, really scary for a lot of people because we fear being judged and, you know, jump back again to episode one if you haven't listened to that, just about why we procrastinate, which is often um, based on this fear, whatever fear it is, you might not even realize what the fear is. It might be pretty subconscious that you're not even sure what exactly that is. So today we're talking about this organic marketing thing. And I hear so many people always saying that they just want organic marketing and their business will have been a success when they start getting organic marketing. And so first I want to actually dive into what is organic marketing? So the definition that I found of organic marketing is free traffic to your website. So I think that's what people kind of assume organic marketing is. But I think we tend to shift that a little bit. And I think a lot of people have the definition of organic marketing as I don't want to do any marketing and I want my calendar to be full, (laughs) which that's the myth because that just won't happen. Uh, Posting a couple images on social media, just having a website is never going to be enough to continue to sustain a profitable, successful business. And even if it is enough to sustain a lower level kind of steady profit in your business, it's definitely not enough to sustain maybe what your goals are or what you really, really want to reach or your your larger income goals so that you can leave that nine to five or hit whatever whatever metrics you've set forth to um, to reach for in your business. So there are definitely organic marketing things that we should focus on. Things like creating a beautiful website because that's your storefront. People are always gonna go there even if they come from a referral. Things like building the SEO on your website so that you can be found in organic search. Of course, that's important. And of course, we do get clients from that that traffic source. So we do want to spend some time there. But I think the thing that most people neglect to focus on in their business is the fact that we need to be searching for more leads coming into our business. We need to be proactive in getting more people to our website, not just waiting for people to search pet photographer in my area and hope that our website is one of the top few that people see. So how do we do that? How do we get more eyes on our business, more eyes on our website? So I want you guys, this is your little bit of homework. I want you to sit down and just brain dump all the different ways that you can get more people looking at your business, um, either to a website or even just to know about your business. You know, even though this whole pet photography thing's becoming a little bit more mainstream, the vast majority of our potential clients aren't really sure it's a thing yet. We still have to work on this awareness marketing to let people know, hey, this is something that I offer. This is something that you can do. No, you're not crazy because you want to take pictures of your dog or your cat or your horse or whatever animal you want to photograph. So what does this actually look like? How do we actually start to get more eyes on our work? Now, we can definitely partner with different businesses and different charities and things like that, which we'll cover that kind of stuff in future episodes. But I'm thinking of how do we get more 
leads into our business. That's what I want to focus on today. Now, before we can get those leads in, we need a way to capture them, right? Because them just coming to our website, well, it doesn't really do us any good if they come to our website and then leave and we we haven't found a way to continue to interact with them. So one of the things that I think everybody needs on their website is a lead magnet, is a fancy online marketing term, but it's really just offering something that your potential client would find valuable and they would say, hey, I'm gonna download this in exchange for my email address. Now you can think about who your target market is, what your target market likes to do, what opportunities are around your um, area for that target market. Do they like to hike? Do they like to go to breweries? Are they a younger audience? Are they an older audience? Empty nesters or young professionals? Really dive into who that target market is, figure out what it is they love to do, and then figure out how you can create something that they can download. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to get stuck behind this like, oh my gosh, I have to create this PDF. It could be something as simple as, hey, see some of my favorite locations. And it sends them to an online gallery where you have, you know, park locations, city locations, just different locations that they can see some different areas that they could photograph their dog in. Maybe it's something, see how people love to decorate in their homes. Here's a little like email course. It can just be emails that they give their email and then you send four or five emails giving them tips on how to take better pictures of their dog with their phone. It can be just about anything, but make sure there is a way for them to to raise their hand and keep in touch with you once they get to your website. Now, I think most of us do have on like a sign up for a newsletter. And well, I don't know about you, but how many newsletters do you want to sign up for? (laughs) How full is your email inbox that um, the thought of just signing up for another newsletter? um, I think most people are kind of over that. So we need to have something that we're offering them that makes them say, oh, yeah, no, I do want that. And, you know, it can even be at the very minimum while you're creating something a little bit more engaging, something about become a VIP and be the first to know of special offers. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with the people that have, or not the people, (laughs) with the act of having a model call submission on your website at all times. I love the idea of it for generating leads because people, everybody thinks their dog's a model and their dog is awesome and beautiful. And of course, we think so too. They're all amazing. But I feel like having that up there all the time, a lot of people will just submit for a model um, as a model submission and they'll think, oh, well, they're definitely going to use my dog because my dog's the best. So they would never actually start to allow themselves to explore um, booking a full session. So that's the big kind of trade-off con that I see with having model calls available on your website at all times. I think doing a model call as a periodic promotion is great. And that is a great way to grab some leads and to start to create relationships with these people. Because here's the other thing. This whole pet photography thing doesn't really have a timeline. There's not a day in which, oh, now I hire my pet photographer. If you're getting married, oh, okay, you hire your wedding photographer for your wedding day. If you're having a baby and you want to have newborn pictures, you hire a newborn photographer around your due date. If you're graduating high school and you're a high school senior, you hire a senior photographer um, for your graduation. With pet photography, there's not really that timeline. There's kind of a puppy timeline, but people are so busy having a puppy in their home that a lot of times getting pictures of it is the last thing on their mind. 
And then, of course, unfortunately, the only timeline that starts to to present itself with pet photography is when the pet starts to get older or unfortunately has a diagnosis. So we have to be really, really cognizant of trying to engage people during that whole big middle section of the pet's life to encourage them to get photographs of their dog then. And you can encourage them to get photographs of their dog, whether they use a professional or not. That should be part of our conversation is make sure you capture photos of your dog, even if it is on your own phone. You don't have to hire a professional. Of course, I'd love you to hire (laughs) me, professional, whoever. But that's just something we should be talking about. Man, I'm going off on some tangents on this, but um, I think it's still good. <laughs> Hopefully you're still, you're still enjoying it. Let's jump back over. Now that we have a way to capture those leads, we have a place to put those leads, which is an email list. We'll do another podcast on email lists in the future. I'm realizing that this one little topic that I wanted to talk about, oh my gosh, has so many tangents that we can go off that are all so equally important. So we'll come back to some of those. But we're assuming now we have our email list. We're assuming now we have a place on our website for people to put in their information so we can continue the conversation with them. And now, how do we get more people onto that list, onto that website? Here's just a couple of ideas that I had off the top of my head. We can do contests, either a digital contest with Facebook ads or even just organically without paying for any reach. Um, We can do contests in real life with marketing partners. We can go to events, community days, those kinds of things where you have a table. We can do Facebook ads. We can do guest teaching. So whether that's other businesses that have a blog, you can do an educational kind of blog for helping people take better photos or whatever topic you want um, with things like that. Or if there's other like community dog networks, like dogs of your area, and they have a blog, you can write a guest article for them, which then would send people for a place back to your website to opt in. And then you have voila, a lead. And then also just working with other partners, things like that. So those are the kind of things that when we focus on these things in conjunction with having a place to continue the conversation with these leads, This is where the magic starts to happen in our business. Of course, once we have all these leads, there's another half of that equation. And that is we need to make an offer because, again, there is not much urgency built into pet photography. So really, all of us should be focusing on these two things in our business, getting more leads and making more offers. And so the offers are really, again, that email list. That's where most of that is done. Sure, people are on social media, but you know, you post something there and it is just like flicked right past it just so quickly. So I always like to say that social media is the icing on my marketing cake. It can rarely be the only marketing that you need to do. We need to be focusing on other types of marketing if we want to see the results in this organic marketing. Because long story short, When people are successful in organic marketing, it often has underlying actions that they took that drive people to their business that created more awareness in their community. So there's steps to take besides just creating a pretty website and working on your SEO to actually starting to get this organic marketing. All right. So let's talk about these offers real quick. So Again, that email sending offers via your email list is a gold standard. Now, email list best practices, we don't want to be sending out just offer emails all the time because then people are going to be like, "Mm, no, you know that you have it. Like maybe it's, um, I don't know, whatever merchant, like 
the um, coals or the gap or whatever. They're sending you an email every single day. It doesn't take long (laughs) to unsubscribe from them because, okay, I'm not going to buy jeans every single day. (laughs) So we want to be cognizant of that. And we want to look at ways that we can make our email list just more engaging, not our email list, sorry, make our emails to our list more engaging. So again, it's not about offers. It's about sharing great things going on in the community. It's about sharing dog-friendly things that they might enjoy. It's about sharing new products that you have, which can be kind of a, it's an offer, but without a, a direct offer offer, you know, that could be a call to action in it for sure. But you can have other calls to actions in your emails. Maybe a call to action in one of your emails is, hey, reply to me and let me know what your silly names are for your pet. You know, maybe you do a, a an email talking about all the different names that you call your pet. I mean, I have Zoe and she's Zoe, Gazozafish, Zozephine, Zozephina. I mean, she has so many, so many names. I almost said so many names. <laughs> so we have our email list. And here's another spot where I see so many people just not do this one little thing, which has a huge impact on the results that we would receive. And that is following up. So say that you have an offer. And I think best practices is maybe like once a quarter, send out a special offer where, you know, it's a value added offer. If, uh, if your clients book a session during the month of March, then they receive like an extra product credit or this special product or whatever it is. It's, it's something special that is only available right now. There's urgency um, baked into that. Or it can be the first three people to book a session. Whatever it is, just make sure there's some urgency there. You can definitely do offers like that to your whole list quarterly. That is not too often. And when you're doing offers or campaigns like that, it's so important to send out multiple emails. I see so many people send out one email and they might get a couple people to book from that, but they send out one and then that's all. I'm sure you can think of times that you've gotten an email and you're like, oh, this sounds great. I definitely want to do this. I'll get to this later. And then it just gets lost in your inbox because all this other stuff comes in and you forgot to go back to it. That is why we send reminder emails. You are not going to be like bothering your clients unless you're sending out those buy your jeans now every single day emails. You are not going to be bothering your potential clients. Sure. Every time you send an email, you are going to have some unsubscribes. But I want you to look at what you are thinking that means. What meaning are you assigning to, oh, they unsubscribed? Are you saying they unsubscribed because they don't like me? They unsubscribe because they think my work stinks. They unsubscribe because I send too many emails. They unsubscribe because I'm being salesy. Usually that's where we go. But could they have not unsubscribed because they have two email addresses signed up to your email list? Maybe they unsubscribe because unfortunately they just lost their dog and, and it's too hard to look at that right now. And Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they're unsubscribing just because they don't value what you do. Okay. That's fine. We can't be a photographer for everybody. So let them go with love. And it is absolutely fine. And it has nothing to do with you. Because here's the thing. With our email list, once you get to a certain number, 
you're paying for every name on that list. So wouldn't you rather the people that aren't going to buy anyway, that don't value what you do, that they leave the list on their own? I would. So it is totally okay to have those unsubscribed. So please do not let that be the reason that it holds you back from following up when you have offers to get more of your offers in front of more of your people. Gosh, I feel like we packed a lot of information <laughs> into this little episode. And I feel like this particular episode could go on for about two or three hours because there's so many different little areas to unpack. But I'm going to go ahead and make notes of those topics that we want to dive into later. And I will use those as topics of future podcast episodes. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying these, I would very much appreciate if you would take 30 seconds and leave a review and go ahead and subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you at a future episode. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.